2: It is 11 a.m. on a Monday morning. It is time once again for Southern Fried Sports right here on your home for University of Alabama Athletics, Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryer Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com, part of the 247sports.com network with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. The show, as always, brought to you by... Peterbrook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hill section of Tuscaloosa. This Sunday, Easter, Easter Sunday, not too late, never too late to get by Peterbrook Chocolatier and take that Easter basket, those Easter treats to another level. They've got the chocolate covered eggs, the big chocolate covered eggs that are filled. With chocolate covered popcorn They got your chocolate bunnies They got your chocolate covered eggs With peanut butter Creamy, melt away Savory peanut butter Filled in those chocolate eggs There at Peterbrook Chocolatier 1530 McFarland Boulevard North, joined on the program By the executive producer of Southern Fried Sports Jacob Harrison, and together We combine to form The 60 bit Boom boo of sports talk radio and jacob kind of talked about it on the program throughout the second half of this season for sure but this was an alabama men's basketball team we talk about 60 minutes well it was gonna take all 40 minutes for someone for some team to beat this alabama team in the postseason turns out it took 45 but the ucla bruins get it done Last night, up in Indianapolis, 88-78, to 78, 23 overtime points in five minutes for the Bruins. And a magical season for Alabama men's hoops comes to end. A great season. A great season at 26-7 and seven overall. SEC regular season champs, SEC tournament champs, Sweet 16 team. But alas, that Sweet 16 hump. Continues to be a nemesis for Alabama men's hoops, this time in year two under Nate Oates. But fear not, Alabama fans, you got the feeling sort of like 2008 Alabama football when that team came up short in the SEC championship game against the Florida Gators, who would go on to win the national championship. And this is not to say UCLA is even going to go on to win the region in advance to the Final Four, but. I think some parallels of year two Nick Saban, year two Nate Oates can be drawn. And with that, what I'm telling you is the future is bright. Would you agree, Jacob? Very bright future for Alabama men's hoops.
1: I would agree it's very bright. And that that has to do with a very bright 2021 season, uh, which, you know, there's nothing to hang your head about. I mean, getting to the Sweet 16 is hard and, and winning that game itself is hard enough. Uh, especially in year two of a brand new regime, where you've completely altered the way this team plays basketball, you completely flipped the culture on its head. I I see nothing but positives out of here. It, it sucks to lose, but nonetheless, I mean, there's, there's nothing but positives to take away from this season.
2: I agree. And the legacies of guys like Herb Jones, John Petty, Alex Reese heroic with that three pointer at the end of regulation to get that game into overtime, cemented as individuals who I said really from the final buzzer last night, these guys are going to resonate. They're going to resonate around this program. And yes, it wasn't Herb Jones's finest game. We understand that. Once again, Herb falling victim to some early foul trouble. We understand he had the free throw woes, especially at the end of the game, end of regulation last night. But again, I don't think you can say enough good things about what these guys helped turn around. And I think you said the key word, and it's been said a lot since January, culture. And once you get that cemented and you know that this staff is not going to stand pat where personnel is concerned, they look under every rock for talent and personnel, whether it's junior college, whether it's, High school, whether it's transfers, graduate transfers, traditional transfers. uh, Nate Oates and his staff constantly, constantly trying to upgrade that roster. And that's not going to change. And now that you have documented success that you can not only sell to recruits, but also to within your own roster once you get them here. Look, this is the way we do it. This is how we do our stuff. This is who we are. And if you need some evidence of success that has been – that that process has yielded, well, here we are. Look at these rings for an SEC championship, an SEC tournament championship, a Sweet 16 appearance. It's going to make the job a lot easier for Nate Oates, you would think, at Alabama. Moving forward, we're going to talk a lot about Alabama basketball over the next 50 minutes or so. We'll also take your phone calls at 205-342-9904. That is the Peterbrook Chocolatier hotline. If you'd like to jump on board, it is a winners and losers Monday. We'll get into some of those as we move throughout the program. But again, for Alabama men's hoops, uh, just a weird game last night, too. You just never could really get your hands around that game, could you? You couldn't get your hands around that game like I was getting my hands around those chicken wings. That's what really matters, right? What you have to eat last night for the game? I'll tell you this. I went to the Publix at about 3 o'clock in search of some non-frozen whole chicken wings that I could smoke and grill on the Big Green Egg for the game, and I got the last two packs. A lot of you people... A lot of you people had the same idea, and I didn't really appreciate it when there were only two packs of non-frozen chicken wings in the poultry department. Yeah, wanted a few tater tots. You gotta have some tots with those wings, don't you? I go over to the orida section, Jacob Harrison. There's only two bags of that left. But I was lucky. I would. I was taking whatever I could get. A lot of folks. It, it looked football seasonish. Inside the Publix, about three hours before tip-off last night. Folks were into it. It's great to see. You know, the kids, the oldest, he's a Alabama graduate now, and the oldest daughter, a University of Hawaii graduate, but a former college basketball player in her own right, you know, I'm getting texts from them the whole game. You know, the daughter's talking to me like a coach. You know, this is what they need to do. They don't need to slow the tempo. They need to keep pushing. UCLA's gassed. You know, that's the conversations I have with my daughter. You know, my other daughter, you know, we talk about other things, which is great. My son, he's emotionally invested. You know, he's just fanning it. He's just hoping for a W. So I've got about four different text conversations going on. I've got folks over. We're watching the game. Good bread comes over. The good neighbor, good bread. And, uh, you know, we got a ton of stuff going on, but it was fun. It felt important. It felt big, and the, the, the positive to come from all that last night is that that's what you're going to expect now as an Alabama fan on an annual basis. You're going to expect Alabama to be right back in that spot one year from now, and if you're an Alabama fan and that hurt last night, well, that's not a bad thing uh, because it, it hadn't hurt in a while. It hadn't hurt consistently. You know, there have been Alabama teams that have made runs. Look at 2004. They made the run to the Elite Eight. You kind of were like, this is great, but I don't know where it really came from, and I don't really know if it'll happen again next year. And more often than not, over the last 15 or 20 years, it hasn't happened back-to-back or in succession. There hasn't been sustainability. But you get the very real feeling with this program moving forward that this is going to be an annual occurrence, at least – getting into the tournament and winning a round or two, winning a game or two. And you look at this team moving forward. And it's going to be fascinating coming up in the next few days because you've got so many cats in the transfer portal. There are so many men's basketball players, women's basketball players too, that are in the portal. I think, here's what I think you're going to see happen in some instances. You're going to see more than a couple of guys – go back to their original school like if you started off at say the University of Hawaii and you transferred to Missouri and played a year I think you could see a guy go from Missouri back to Hawaii and look if I spent a year in Columbia Missouri and I got to go back to Oahu I'd probably go back anyway even if it wasn't for basketball but the point being You're going to see guys bounce back because you're going to have schools, you're going to have programs losing so many guys that they're going to need to backfill. And as long as some of these transfers initially left on good terms, decent terms anyway, I think you're going to see coaches and programs be welcome or open to bringing guys back. Yeah, it's going to be that type of uh, transfer season, I think, coming up. And for Alabama, it'll be interesting. Now, I think from a core perspective, you certainly expect Javon Quinterly to be back, Jawan Gary to be back, Jaden Shackelford to be back, Keon Ellis to be back, Josh Primo back. So it's a nice core, even with those three seniors moving on. And as you got into this postseason, and I tweeted this last night going into the second half, there were four guys I knew – I wanted to be on the court for Alabama in that second half a lot last night. Javon Quinterly, Keon Ellis, and Jawan Gary were three of those four. My fourth was Herb, even though Herb had been rendered ineffective in the first 20 minutes, again, largely because he was too impatient early in the game. And he was impatient in a good way. He's trying to help his team win. So this isn't to crack on Herb Jones – But he was trying to win the game, it felt like, in the first two or three minutes. And credit to UCLA. Credit to Tiger Campbell. Little 5'11 point guard. Got into some mismatches against Herb. But he was willing to take the hit. And the result, two early offensive fouls on Herb, and to the sideline he goes. He did come back later in the half, was able to get to the break with those two fouls. Didn't pick up a third. But those were the four guys I knew I wanted on the court. Now, credit to John Petty. He picked it up in the second half. But ultimately, you cannot shoot 11 of 25 from the free throw line in the round of 16 and advance to the lead eight more often than not. That's just not going to happen. You might be able to do it in the 64 and even in the 32, but you can't miss 14 of 25 free throws in the 16-8 for Monday night and keep it going. It's just not going to happen. And on top of that, you go 7 of 28 from three. You can maybe survive 11 of 25 from three if you go 12 of 28, right? Go 12 of 28 from three instead of 7 of 28. Maybe you can survive that. But when you get out threed and you miss 14 free throws, which was the case last night, it's just, it's not sustainable. It's just not, uh, It's not going to happen for you. But I love Keon Ellis, Javon Quinterly, Jawan Gary. Shackelford obviously did not have a good game last night. But you know from the bigger sample size what he's capable of giving you. Uh, you Got J.D. Davison coming in here. This isn't a one-off is the point. And that's why once you get past the hurt, once you get past the pain, There's a lot of reason for optimism where Alabama men's hoops is concerned. We're going to take our first break, and we come back. More of a winners and losers edition of Southern Pride Sports on this gorgeous, yes, the sun did come out. The sun is out. It's gorgeous outside today in Tuscaloosa, looking outside the window here at Studio T. Simply, simply gorgeous weather for us here. More of the program on Tide 100.9 FM right after this.
3: From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide today. It's a daily update on Bama sports, and it's brought to you by CSpire. Add CSpire Fiber to your roster at cspire.com/alfiber. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. Alabama men's basketball saw its run in the 2021 NCAA tournament come to an end on Sunday night in Indianapolis with an overtime loss, 88-78 to to the UCLA Bruins. Alabama tied the game at 65 at the end of regulation on a long three-pointer by senior Alex Reese. However, the Bruins outscored the Crimson Tide 23-13 to in the overtime period. Alabama was led in scoring by Javon Quinterly with 20 points, and he was joined in double figures by John Petty Jr. with 16 points, as well as Keon Ellis with 10 points the loss ends alabama's 2020 to 2021 season a year that included an sec regular season championship as well as an sec tournament championship for the alabama crimson tide i'll have more in a moment bad internet is bad for business Join us tonight for Hey Coach, presented by Alpha Insurance on the network starting at 6 p.m. Central. We'll be hosting the show live from Baumhauer's Victory Grill in Tuscaloosa. And we'll be joined during the show by baseball head coach Brad Bohannon, previewing this upcoming weekend series against Tennessee from Friday to Sunday at Sewell Thomas Stadium. The show begins at 6 p.m. and we'll be streaming live as well. And that's your Bama update. Crimson Tide Today brought to you by C Spire. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports Ball.
4: Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A good supply of sunshine today, Tuscaloosa's high 71, clear tonight below 47. Tomorrow, partly sunny during the day, and the chance of showers and storms tomorrow night, the high 77. Wednesday, occasional showers and thunderstorms, the high 72. I'm James Spam on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 59 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
0: Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. The Crimson Tide
2: vocalist, frontman for Blues Traveler. That's right in my 1990s wheelhouse, by the way. Pretty sure I saw Blues Traveler with Everclear on a double bill. You don't usually equate those two bands. And Blues Traveler, kind of jammy. Everclear, full of angst. It was a good show, though. I'm remembering that correctly, but John Popper, 54 years old today. Happy birthday, Big John. Let's head to the Peterbroke Chocolate Theater studio line right now, where we have Lewis on hold for us on a beautiful Monday in Tuscaloosa. Lewis, how are you doing?
4: I'm good, Travis. It's good to talk to you. Um, I'm sure you're aware of uh, the Auburn fans rolling uh, toilets corner last night. <laughs> um, I just want. I just want to know something, Travis. What kind of an inferiority complex does it take? I can't imagine Alabama taking to the street. Maybe they would, but I mean, they're they they could not go to the SEC tournament because self-imposed, uh, you know, probation, if you want to call right. it that, and no, no NCAA. Of course, they didn't play good enough to do that, but it, it's just funny to me. I'd
2: don't. i I'd like to hear what your thoughts are on it. I'm going to hang up and listen, Travis. Alright, Lewis. Yeah, I think it's just embracing your full little brodom. I mean, that's where it's at. you got to take it. you got to take them when you can get them. Where and when you can get them right now if you're Auburn, Lewis. I think that's pretty much clear. You know? I mean, when you beat Alabama... And you end up with fans stuck in the hedges, you know, jumping onto the field and stuff. That's embracing your little Brodom, and Auburn fans seem okay with that. They seem fully invested, fully okay. They're, 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 they're embracing their little Brodom. I mean, that's what that is. You know, you're right. I mean, look at this past football season. Look at where the football program sits right now at Auburn. Look at where things sit with hoops right now after the self-imposed penalties and the inability to participate even in the conference tournament, let alone eligibility for the big dance. So you got to take them. You got to take them, Lewis, where and when you can get them. And right now, that's whenever something negative happens to your big brother, you fully, fully embrace and celebrate that. That's where it's at. Pretty simple, right? 205-342-9904 Two zero five three four two nine nine zero four is the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line. It will be interesting to see, as we talked about in the previous segment, in the coming days with this Alabama roster, not so much in terms of unexpected attrition, but because of how the draft process works in college basketball with the NBA, I won't be surprised if you see a couple of guys put their name in the NBA draft and do so without hiring an agent. If I was Javon Quinterly right now, given the way he played, especially over the second half of the season, I'd at least put it out there and see what type of feedback I got, see if I got invited to some workout opportunities. You get a couple of bites at that cherry without losing your eligibility, so why wouldn't you? So that type of stuff wouldn't surprise me. I'll tell you something else that's not going to surprise me all that much where the professional ranks – are concerned, and we've been talking about this for a while on this program. I threw the over/under for quarterbacks in the top ten picks for the 2021 NFL Draft out there, probably a couple of months ago, at four and a half. And Jacob and myself, we weren't, we weren't going all in. We weren't sinking tuition dollars mortgages, things like that on the over, but you are already getting the sense after the completion of the college football season, that five was a real possibility for the top 10 picks. Now, won't you be surprised if it's not five in the top 10? Did you see where now the San Francisco 49ers who recently traded up to number three overall are sending head coach Kyle Shanahan, and general manager John Lynch to Tuscaloosa for tomorrow's second pro day at UA to watch Mac Jones throw it around. Now, it's not like Alabama doesn't have some other guys that project as top ten picks, perhaps. Shalen Waddell could be the first Alabama player to go off the board ahead of Devontae Smith, ahead of Patrick Sertan second, ahead of Mac Jones. But Jacob and I talked about this a little bit during the break, and I think we both agree, Jacob. 49ers didn't move up to three to not take a quarterback, right? Right. I mean, they're, take, I, they're taking a quarterback.
1: I think you could see four quarterbacks go in the first four picks, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> and then the Panthers trade up to maybe six just to ensure that they've got mm-hmm. something there, uh, mm-hmm. and that making five quarterbacks in the top first six picks.
2: I say they take the Niners, take Mac Jones at number three, and they bring the number 16 out of retirement. They put 16 on Mac Jones, who would look like if you put Mac Jones in a 49ers uniform. I know all the Tom Brady comparisons are out there. I've been more Joe Montana. I guess that's the boomer in me coming out again. I've thought more about Joe Montana with Mac Jones always than I have and I see it with Tom Brady too because I see some Montana in Tom Brady or Montana in Brady I, however you want to do it at this point Tom's got all the rings but uh I'd love that Matt go to the 49ers and just bring 16 out of retirement I got to see if check and see if 16's even retired I got to think it is for the 49ers Put Mac Jones in 16, and those are, by the way, those 49er traditional uniforms, they're among the very best in sports history. You put him in that, and he's going to look dead ringer, doppelganger, as they say, for Joe Montana. Let's head back to the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio Line right now. We're going to go down to South Florida, check in on our good pal Johnny on a Monday. It's a Monday afternoon on the Eastern time zone. Johnny, how you doing? Oh man, I'm hanging in there after last night. How about you? Yeah, I know. I hear you I hear you. That's you just had
5: a feeling just watching it. You just knew where it was going.
2: Couldn't you never could get your hands around it. You know, and the thing was Alabama couldn't have got off to a worse start with Herb forcing things to the point of picking up two fouls early and they get down 7-1, seven one, I think it is. Then they go on a fourteen oh run, get up fifteen to seven, and you're thinking, okay, now they, they're gonna control this thing. They're the better team. Uh and then the rest of the way, I think I think the rest of the way for the first half, they got outscored something like uh thirty one to twelve, and they're down eleven at the half. And then they come out to start the second half on an 11-0 run. Okay, here here they are. Here they are. And then you know UCLA to their credit, man. Every time it looked like Alabama was going to hit UCLA with a big punch, UCLA stemmed it and then answered.
5: Yeah, you know, well, well, one is Herb Jones probably couldn't have had a worse game, and it's yeah, it, tough. It, it's sad because the guy did so much for the school and the program, but yet yeah, he just had a horrible game. Let's just face it. And he obviously did. The, he did. The, yeah.
2: Yeah. And he'd be and the, the free first to tell you horrible. that. Yeah, uh, I'm sure. I mean, they were bad all the way around. Guys, it seemed like it seemed like the adrenaline, and you get this. I mean, it's such a big spot. Adrenaline is just, it, it can be such a benefit to an athlete. But then when you've got to try to harness it, and uh, you see guys late in games, you hear announcers, you hear analysts talk about a lot of times, legs go. And shots end up short as you get later in games. But you, know, you can still have enough that you're missing long a lot. And, uh, you know, that was her. He, he missed long on both those leagues. Yeah.
5: Well, like
2: you said, at least we care. <laughs> at it, least it's good we that think it hurts. It can hurts. happen again. It's good that it hurts. Yeah.
5: Yeah.
2: yeah. Hey, yeah. I, I want to add hurts.
5: this as a follow up to Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to overlap.
2: No, go ahead.
5: Uh, I wanted to add this as a follow-up to your previous caller. Uh, you know, My best friend graduated from Auburn. And my whole family, of course, is all Alabama. And this guy, you know, really good friends with him. And we were commenting about this the other day. I, I said, I recently was out in Colorado, uh, got on a ski lift by myself, and this young man joined me. And it, it turned out to be uh, an ex punter for for Auburn, recent, recent ex punter. And he's probably in his latter 20s, you know. And we got to talking as we're going up the mountain, and this guy was as class act in four minute ski lift ride as you could find, you know. And then he insisted on giving me his card at the top of the mountain, and I, and I looked at his card and I put it in my pocket. When I got home, I looked it up on the internet like, what was the organization? And the organization was uh, about basically um, a youth teaching youth you know groups through Christ, about sports and leadership, just great stuff. And so <clears throat> then I sent him an email and said, "You know it was really nice meeting you." and he was really impressed by you and everything and long story short, he sent back an email and said, "Hey, when you're in Birmingham next, let's get together, blah blah blah." So I was commenting on this with my friend. Um, that's the Auburn grad, and I said, you know, I don't get it. Honestly, if you if you look at interviews with athletes, doesn't matter if they go to Notre Dame, to, to Auburn, to Alabama, I've never seen a, a better, classier bunch of kids in my life than a college athlete as a whole. And it's, some of the fans are the ones that need to maybe take a, that as a role model, I think, because you can't lose sight that this is sports. This is entertainment. This is just something that makes life fun. And you you see these kids who are the ones that are really like dedicating themselves physically. Maybe not going out yeah. partying. They're with paying. Friends, they're you know, paying all the, the price. Things. Yeah, they pay the price, and they're they're just as a whole so so impressive.
2: Well, I'm they really so are, by and it. and and it and it typically impacts the actual student athletes involved when say alabama loses to auburn the fact that it's auburn that means about 10% to an alabama student athlete of what it means to the most ardent fan and as far as you know the 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 impact of the loss to an auburn you know these these people these guys and these gals it's 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 a lot about how much they put in you know and how much they do sacrifice and especially coming through what we have here in the last year you you should thank each and every one of these young people for allowing you the opportunity to feel as bad as you did last night because whatever you think as a fan and you know, you're feeling in terms of dejection and just sort of in a depression or a funk. Think about what those folks put into it on a daily basis to sort of allow you to have that ability, especially in this last year, to experience those emotions that fans have here since really, you know, going back to to September with football season.
5: Yeah, I mean you're preaching to the choir because remember last year there wasn't even a tournament yeah. so you know I, I just wanted to throw it out there as a little reality check for all the listeners just to remember that you know this is entertainment it's great it's fun it's part of life it's awesome but these these kids that you know like your daughter they, they put in the time They put in the dedication and for the most part they're unbelievable they're just unbelievable mm-hmm. people. And they carry it forward in their young adult lives, and I couldn't be more impressed. So I want to throw that out
2: there. Well, I think that's great. That's a super sentiment, and I think it's uh, well timed. So we appreciate it. Take care, Travis. Stay away from the tornadoes. (laughs) I mean, we're trying. We're trying. We've been blessed around here. Knock on wood. I know that, you know, just areas right around us uh, haven't been as fortunate, and we feel for those folks as they go through a process that we know all too much about right here in tuscaloosa and we just uh keep our heads on a swivel right now my man take care johnny all right buddy bye there he goes johnny down in south florida gonna step aside for another break and we come back more of a monday edition of southern fried sports right here on tide 100.9 fm right after this Boot to the solar plexus as the late, great God and solely. God as the American dream Dusty Rhodes used to refer to God and on Saturday mornings on championship wrestling from Florida. Perry Farrell lead singer for Jane's Addiction taking you way back into the 90s today, man. We're just living in the 90s. Perry Farrell turned 62 today. 62? No way. It's not possible. Anything's possible here on Southern Pride Sports, including you at 205-342-9904 if you'd like to check in on the program. We have wide open phone lines throughout. We're here, we're kind of a uh, crisis hotline today for Alabama fans following that. Season-ending loss to the Bruins of UCLA up in Indianapolis capping an otherwise outstanding season in year two for Nate Oates and the Alabama men's basketball team. It's been one of those rare weekends, man. It was one of those rare weekends for Alabama fans. Think about the run Alabama fans have been on since last football season, especially. And athletic department-wide, really. But this past weekend... That wasn't it. Alabama baseball swept by Ole Miss. Tough spot now. The race for that 12th spot in Hoover for the SEC baseball tournament. That's going to be uh, heating up. Right now, when you look at the two in-state SEC baseball programs, neither of which benefit from a state lottery, by the way, neither do. You've got Alabama and Auburn through two weekends are a combined 1 and 11. Auburn got swept for a second straight weekend, this time at home by Kentucky. Now, for Alabama, it's been tough. You've opened SEC play with two top four teams in the country in Arkansas and Ole Miss. You won your SEC opener out in Fayetteville a couple of Fridays ago, but since then... 0 oh, and 5. Uh, wasted a couple of really quality starts over this previous weekend against Ole Miss. So uh, you're playing uphill, and it's easy to have to do that in SEC baseball. But Alabama and Auburn, they combined 1 and 11. 1 and 11. And if you're Alabama and you're wondering, does it lighten up anytime soon? No, it doesn't. Because you got ninth ranked Tennessee coming in here for three this weekend. Got a family friend that's going to be, I think, hurling for the Vols. Blake Tidwell. He's a true freshman for Tennessee, and he can get it up there. Blake gets it up there in the mid-'90s. A lot of Blake's family, hardcore. I'm talking about hardcore Alabama fans. But uh, Blake ended up a all, and uh, so we'll maybe see him through here this weekend. 205-342-9904 is the Peterbrook Chocolates your studio line. Also, you've got that Saturday to Monday series up in Lexington that Alabama softball will be wrapping up this evening. Alabama and Kentucky, 6 p.m. Central. That is a televised game. I need to check. I think that's SEC Network. Game two yesterday of that series was ESPN to Alabama, not its best, defensively and really otherwise, in a 4-2 loss to the Wildcats. So you'll have the rubber game tonight between Alabama softball and Kentucky uh, up there in Lexington. Kentucky now 24-4, and top-10 team, kind of like baseball. Same things we talk about with baseball. Nothing's easy. You've got Arkansas softball at 9-0. and in the league razorbacks have swept each of this first three, each of their first three series in conference play Florida at eight and one Alabama. Now after yesterday's loss at six and two run Montana fouls out there in front of the home folks in Kentucky tonight, maybe Kaylee Tal, another Kentuckian, has a big night at the plate for you. Get that rubber game, get the seven and two in the league, 27 and three overall. And you're, you're in good shape. You're two back of Arkansas and I don't think schedule-wise Arkansas is seeing quite yet what Alabama has 205 342 9904 I asked the question earlier where Mac Jones is concerned and my preference for him to end up in a 49ers uniform wearing number 16 Jacob Harrison you did in fact do some research on retired numbers I take it where the San Francisco 49ers are concerned, 16 retired, correct?
1: Yep. As well as, as well as 12, 8, and a whole laundry list of other numbers. 49ers Steve Young a is ridiculous
2: eight. number. Yeah. Steve Young would be 8. 12 is got to be John Brody. Yes. So, uh, And I'm guessing – I'm going to guess – I'm going to go on a limb here, Jacob. I know, right? I'm going to guess 80 is retired by the 49ers. Just a hunch –
1: you Just would be stick. factual factually correct in that hunch, yes.
2: <laughs> yeah, I would think Jerry Rice had his digits retired out there. But uh, yeah, I want to see that. I want Mac to the Niners and I want him in 16. Probably not gonna happen. I guess I guess 10 could come open because if they take Mac, I know the 49ers. Do you trust the 49ers in any any form or fashion right now with the quarterback situation, though, Jacob? Because haven't they also said, oh, no, Jimmy G's our guy. Jimmy G's our guy. But then they trade up to three. And now there's talk that maybe it's a smokescreen that Lynch and Shanahan are coming to Tuscaloosa to basically kick the tires and finalize the evaluation and the confirmation that they will take Mac maybe even at three. What do you do you trust the 49ers right now in any form or fashion?
1: Not even a little bit. I don't trust any team that, that says their questionable quarterback is, is definitely their guy since Arizona did that to Josh Rosen. I just have no faith in that whatsoever. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I would like to see Mac Jones go third. But I still, like, I can't trust that it's not a smoke screen because the second they traded up, it was Mac Jones, Mac Jones, Mac Jones, Mac Jones, and that just screams smokescreen to me.
2: Had some tough news over the weekend, too, before we head to our final break. Howard Schnellenberger passed away at the age of 87, of course. Coach Schnellenberger, associated with the University of Alabama assistant coach for legendary head coach Paul Bear Bryant. Schnellenberger widely remembered where Alabama is concerned for getting Joe Namath to Tuscaloosa back in the day, but also had some considerable success with another Western PA quarterback at the University of Miami from 79 to 82, Howard Schnellenberger and Jim Kelly down there in Coral Gables. I think I've told the story before, going to Florida Field, In 1982 with Pops, with a very questionable Pops at that point. Early 80s Pops, I don't know if he should have had supervision rights, okay, in the early 80s. Especially where trips to SEC football venues were concerned. But, alas, I made the trip with him. And you had Howard Schnellenberger on one sideline coaching Jim Kelly. And you had another former Bryant assistant On the Florida sideline, Charlie Pell coaching the Gators, quarterbacked by Wayne Peace back in those days. Kind of sounding like Uncle Remus right now and telling stories. But uh, Howard Schnellenberger, man, just an all-timer. All-timer really set the stage. Took a Miami program that was borderline defunct when he got in there. And within four years, won a national championship in 1983. Interesting because he had Kelly. He had Jim Kelly, who was recruited as a linebacker, I believe, by Joe Paterno in home state, Penn State. That paved the way for Kelly to head south with uh, Schnellenberger. But the year after Kelly leaves, another freshman by the name of Bernie Kozar. Steps in there at quarterback, and I'll never forget that Orange Bowl win over Mike Rozier, Heisman Trophy winner that year, and the powerful, very powerful Nebraska Cornhuskers of Tom Osborne down there in the Orange Bowl. Howard Snellenberger, great coach, great storyteller, too. You've probably heard him right here on Tide 100.9. I know he's been on with Ryan on the game several times throughout the years, but, uh, Hate to see him leave us at the age of 87. Going to step aside for a final break. When we come back, more of a winners and losers edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after this.
4: Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A good supply of sunshine today, Tuscaloosa's high 71, clear tonight below 47. Tomorrow, partly sunny during the day, and a chance of showers and storms tomorrow night, the high 77. Wednesday, occasional showers and thunderstorms, the high 72. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 61 degrees in Tuscaloosa
0: flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
2: I'll be going to it pretty I think you're going to hear this on the hallowed grounds of Augusta National Golf Club anytime soon, but as faint as it might be, you're starting to pick up the tones. We're almost there, golf fans. A tradition unlike any other. Yes. Yes. I don't think Jane's Addiction did that one for Augusta National. Oh, we love it. It's right around the corner. It's coming up. Billy Horschel, the Florida Gator, former Florida Gator. He won that uh, match play out there in Austin over the weekend. Pretty impressive to run that gauntlet out there. Nice big fat check for Billy Hope. But, uh, Justin Thomas, maybe he gets it done this time at Augusta National. We're just a week or so away, man. Yes, the Azaleas are blooming. That's always a telltale sign. The serenity, ready for it. Let's do it. Go from that Monday night of the National Championship game of the Men's College Basketball Tournament. Straight into Augusta National, baby. Jimmy Nance, best gig in sports media. Gotta be. Goes from the Men's National Championship game straight to Augusta. Call the action. 205-342-9904 is the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line here on a Monday edition of Southern Fried Sports We talked about uh, the draft process, and Daniel Jeremiah, he has updated his top 50 NFL draft prospects, his 3.0, no surprise at the top, Trevor Lawrence. And I see where Urban is pretty much letting folks like Peter King know that as long as Trevor Lawrence has a pulse in late April, uh, he in fact will be. A Jacksonville Jaguar with that number one overall pick. DJ has Kyle Pitts, the Florida tight end, number two. I can't argue with that. I mean, you take Kyle Pitts, you're going to make any quarterback situation better, aren't you? So many different ways you can use him. DJ loves Jamar Chase, although he's got him down from two to three, the wide receiver from LSU. Of course, Jamar opted out for the 2020 season. You know, DJ hasn't gotten swept up in the Zach Wilson craze especially after Wilson's pro day last week. He still, he had Wilson ranked high from the start, but Wilson holds steady at number five. From the Alabama perspective from here, Jalen Waddell moves up from six to five overall for DJ. Devontae Smith is a riser for DJ. Goes from eight to 6th you You've also got uh, Patrick Sertan, the second, Has moved up from four, excuse me, 14 to 10. So he moves up four spots. You've had some issues with some other corners health wise here in the last week or so. That probably hasn't hurt Patrick Sertan in the eyes of Daniel Jeremiah. Otherwise, for Alabama, you got to move down a bit on DJ's list. Najee Harris checks in at 21. That's up from 22. And that seems to be a sweet spot for Najee. When you talk about first-round mocks and where, essentially where in the first round he might go, uh, you're also looking at in this top 50 for DJ, Mac Jones, 32nd overall. Mac isn't going to blow people away in terms of Twitch. I know Mac was on a teleconference this morning in advance of his second showing for a Pro Day tomorrow. Uh, said he ran a 4-7. That's what he's going with. I don't blame you, Mac. I'm going to take that lowest time, and that's going to be the time. Mac said he ran a 4-7 last week. He's 32nd overall. That's up two spots from 34 for Mac. And then as you move through the list, Landon Dickerson, 40th overall. He's down from 37th. He has dropped um, three spots, according to DJ's list and of course, trying to work through the red flags that are that is his injury history. No question about his tape. Christian Barmore, forty second on DJ's top fifty. That's down a spot from forty one. There really is no there really is no in between with Christian Barmore, it doesn't seem like. You know, it's either it's boom or bust. And if I'm going to be totally honest, if it's my Jacksonville Jaguars down there, in the twenties with that second first round pick, I I would, I would offer up buyer beware. I I love what Christian Barmore does a lot of the time. uh, But I don't know, I guess in the twenties, it's worth it if you're going to reach on a defensive tackle. And I, and I do think he's still a reach and, and I'm not of this sort of belief that, well, he may not be much his first year or two, but he'll get it three or four maybe i don't know maybe he will i i think it's i think it's very much boomer bust i don't think that i am in that group that agrees i think daniel jeremiah does too because he has him 42nd here that it's uh it's a little bit of a gamble if you go first where with christian barmore and that pretty much rounds out the alabama representation of daniel jeremiah's latest top 50 you can find that Top 50 prospects for the 2021 NFL Draft. You can find that at NFL.com. 205-342-9904 as we wind down a Monday edition of Southern Pride Sports. Uh, Jacob, those uh, rankings, would you say that they're in line with, with how you see it, especially where Alabama guys are concerned? or some guys a little high, some guys a little low?
1: In, well, I didn't have myself on. Uh, I would have those guys a little bit higher, uh, particularly Mac Jones. If you know a guy's going to go in the top ten, then just yeah, you know, I, I, move them up a little and, bit. And like, you don't have to be area. Understand?
2: It. <laughs> this is this is a prospect ranking, and the kid Gary Harris is blowing me up via text. He's listening. We appreciate that. Gary is making the point that no way mac jones goes 32nd and i I think if daniel jeremiah does a mock he's not going to have mac jones 32nd he just ranking mac it it is a a pretty wide contradiction there between where mac projects to go in the draft and where maybe dj has him ranked but i think dj knows you no, know, DJ knows he's going to go top ten.
1: Well, and some people do their rankings differently. Some people weigh value sure. of positions in their right. rankings, and DJ might not be one of those guys that does that.
2: Well, I mean, Max, not he's not a twitch guy. He's not a uh, blow you away like Zach Wilson guy, workout guy, uh, a Trevor Lawrence. He's not. Um, but he can certainly fit certain systems like San Francisco's exceptionally well, and high floor guy is how I would describe Mac Jones. I don't know what the ceiling really is for Mac, but as far as pro-ready and floor is concerned, I like him probably better than any just about any quarterback in this draft. That's going to do it for a Monday edition of Southern Fried Sports. Thanks to Jacob. Thanks to you. Lunch whistle on this Monday. Southern Ale House. I'll cure those Mondays for you. There's Monday blues. They'll take care of you there at Southern Ale House. Great lunch options. Happy hour coming up later this afternoon. Dinner is always great. No matter what, sandwiches, burgers, plate dinners, biscuit dinners, brunch on the weekend, Southern Ale House is out of this world. Until 11 a.m. on Tuesday. Have a great rest of your Monday, everybody.
1: It's